0: Hello and welcome to another episode of That's What People Do. You are joined by me, Ryan McGowan, and as always, James Kay. How are you, buddy? I'm
1: very well, thank you, Ryan. If not a bit warm.
0: Yeah, it's getting hot now. It's getting hot.
1: Uh, uh... Every summer we tell the same story and I think (laughs) we should should tell it again. Do you know Um... what? I was
0: literally about to say, we need to tell the annual story of how hot it was the day we first recorded.
1: That was probably the hottest day I've ever experienced anywhere ever.
0: I just felt I, we sound like someone's granddad where they've just got one good story and they say it every Christmas day. And you're like, yeah, here we go. Yeah,
1: <laughs> we were just sitting there and I just couldn't stop dripping. It was horrible.
0: You had your jeans rolled up. I remember.
1: Yeah, I, I should have wore shorts. I didn't. I, I've only got myself to blame. But yeah, we used to we used to record with some fucking sound engineers and stuff, which was I don't know how we've regressed since then. Um, yeah. but the, the studio we were first recorded in was the hottest room I've ever been in. And oh, yeah. I, wanted to, I wanted to die that day. So today's yeah. not that bad. It's bearable. I'm sat here in shorts. I'm having a good time.
0: Yeah, it's not a bad day today. Uh, I hope, because this is the thing, we get a lot of our listeners from Australia, a lot from America, in, in quite areas that are quite known to be hot. So I, no, they're laughing at us. Like, yeah, and I this think is it's the probably thing. like, what, 21, 22 degrees right now. Yeah, you're all laughing at us, being like, oh, right, yeah, the Brits have got it a bit hot. Oh, uh, is it over like 10 degrees? <laughs> you have to remember, ours is a country where the climate is, t- to put it bluntly, perfect. It's never too cold and it's never too hot. So when it does sometimes, you know, push a bit further and it gets a bit too hot, uh, we're we're, not, we're our, our infrastructure is not built for this. We don't have aircon in our homes. We don't have the homes that are built for this kind of heat. So,
1: yeah, our country is not meant for for any sort of heat. It's ridiculous. So, uh, heat in England is significantly hotter than anywhere else in the world just because we don't know what the fuck to do. <laughs> how uh, I remember having to go like what to Sainsbury's lo- local supermarket just to stand in the freezer. aisle <laughs> That's
0: great. Oh, how hard we have it here in Britain.
1: It's tough, man.
0: It's tough. It is hard being English.
1: <laughs> it really is. As a straight white British male, I've really got it tough and I deserve everyone else's sympathy.
0: I know. I had to take my smoking jacket off. It was too warm. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it, to be fair, it's, it's getting to that point where it's too hot for a cup of tea and that fucking bothers me.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yesterday, I think I had like a pot noodle for lunch and I was fucking sweating.
0: God, You're brave.
1: I love a pot noodle though.
0: I had a Nando, so I was really dripping beads.
1: What 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 spice did you get?
0: Uh, I go for a medium, and then I, I I like a little bit of the hot sauce. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. Just for a You're little a bit. Of Kick on the chips.
1: Yeah, anyone yeah. with a brain goes for medium and then adds sauce on. Yeah. You, the, you don't want to ruin your meal.
0: Absolutely. Always add. That's why I say it's always better to be cold rather than hot. You can add layers. You can't take off your skin.
1: Well said, well said. I do find the garlic sauce is fucking hot there for some reason.
0: <laughs> so
1: white. <laughs>
0: yeah. Anyway, shall we? Yes. Let's do this. So, um... I feel like this needs to come with so much like fanfare and all this kind of like it's here, right? The Mormons, Part One, Joseph Smith. It it this has been a long time in the making, and I'll be honest with you, it's still not finished uh, at the time of recording. <laughs> part I One. I mean, There's was done. a story
1: about how this uh this episode came to be, isn't there? Like, I think what was it? December. It was it was before Christmas. Um, we did an episode, I forget who, that kind of touched on the Mormon church. Oh, I can't remember. Oh, it would have it was. been
0: when we spoke about uh, Olive Oatman. Uh, go check that uh, episode okay. out. Uh, yeah, and, and then, then we got a
1: message from Rowan yeah. saying that she found it very interesting and she wants to know more. And I was at the pub, very drunk, and I messaged back being like, absolutely, I can do that for you. And it was only the next day that I realized, I, I don't know if I can be bothered to do this. And I sort of just palmed the entire thing off to Ryan. So here we are.
0: <laughs> and I've been working on it since. And honestly, it's been a yep. bane of my bloody life. Um, yep, I so, yeah, I yeah. Shout out to Ryan for obviously suggesting the episode. But also, uh, straight off the bat, massive thank you to Gina, who has been in almost constant contact with us in regards to giving us information uh, about the Mormon faith, uh, living in it and being around it. Um, so yeah, uh, thank you very much, Gina. You've been immensely helpful uh i cannot thank you enough um so <sighs> should we get into it
1: just just rip it off like a like a band-aid all right. just get into it all right
0: here we go i think you're gonna like the first uh the first sentence
1: i got okay i in. i'm intrigued all
0: right religion something people think is more complicated than it actually is in my opinion <laughs> It's a people-controlling scapegoat. Great start, 30 words in. Jesus,
1: fucking hell, you've gone for it already. But let
0: me explain. <laughs> in the old Norse days, they believed that the sky was the inside of a giant's skull and that the crack of thunder in the sky was Thor smashing his mighty hammer. Over in the Americas, there were many native peoples who thought that the sun was a god that needed pleasing else it wouldn't come back the next day. And the Bible believed that the world was created in six days by a celestial being who on the seventh day was sipping a pina colada on the moon. My point is, it seems that in history, when humans were unable to explain something, they created a narrative that made sense to them. So James, would you like to guess at how many Norse people explained why the sky didn't fall on them?
1: How how they, they explain yeah, it? Yeah,
0: so yeah, I, I I said how many for some reason. Would you like to take a guess at how Norse people explained why the sky didn't fall on them?
1: Um, is Odin holding it up?
0: Uh, you're half right. Now it's because there are four dwarves at the edges holding it up.
1: God bless them. Yes, God bless them.
0: Now doing God's work, doing many God's work. But what about the daytime in the Judeo-Christian faith? How is that explained? How is it that I can see in the daytime, but not at night?
1: You need to eat your carrots.
0: (laughs) No, the answer is simply because God said so. No explanation, just God went, let there be light, and then there was light. So, it's really easy to make up these stories to try and explain the world, and even easier living in an era where science is considered witchcraft or alchemy, and nobody can prove you wrong. And if I'm honest, I don't really have an issue with the origins of religions. It totally makes sense for nomadic people to make up stuff when they can't explain things. Humans are endlessly fascinated by things and want explanations for everything, And even if that story is batshit insane, it at least goes some way in helping people make sense of the world they live in. Except when that explanation is, the sun won't come up again unless we cut the still-beating heart out of this virgin, Carly Mar, Carly (laughs) Mar. And then you've got to factor in dinosaur bones when they came around and just ruined many people's stories too. Like, hold on, why didn't your magic book mention giant bloody lizards? Uh, The answer usually is because it's a test from God to prove your faith and you failed by simply asking the question. That is a legit answer to dinosaurs about some very, very strict Christians.
1: Yeah, it's like creationism, isn't
0: it? uh, Something like that, where they they believe that uh, when they go, but fossils do exist, so explain that. And they go, they were planted there by God to test your faith.
1: It's just a cop-out. Ah, yeah.
0: Now, for the people-controlling element I mentioned. Now, religion is great for the ancient times in helping people understand their world. They're wrong, but they haven't been to space or know of the existence of Australia at the time, so I'll give them a pass. Anyway, where there is confusion, there is always people willing to exploit that confusion. And this is where religious leaders come in. You got questions about the gods and why they do things? What a coincidence. It just so happens that I have the unique ability to speak to them and interpret what they say. And as it happens, they're speaking to me right now and they say, it's always five o'clock somewhere, go get me a gin and tonic. Now, uniting people under a monarch is one thing, but monarchs are just people and people die. One king might impose a rule that everyone follows, The next king, however, might not like that rule and simply get rid of it. But to unite a people based on a faith with rules that doesn't go away when you die, that's genius. The one rule that was brought in doesn't disappear when the king does. It's everlasting. It helps to keep people in check. You can't oversee everyone all the time to make sure they're behaving, but you could. Tell them that an all powerful, all knowing God in the sky is watching you at all times, that could work. And if you've been really good all year round on December 25th, he might bring you presents. Am I equating the existence of God to the existence of Santa Claus? I'll let you decide.
1: Well, it's, it's kind of funny how Santa just sort of. I mean, Christmas is pagan,
0: isn't it? Yeah, uh, there are pagan roots to it, yeah.
1: Yeah, and, and and Christmas sort of... Uh, different cultures have different Christmas, obviously. Like, uh, my German housemate celebrates Christmas on the 24th for whatever fucking reason. Um, <laughs> it, 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 it's just it's really interesting to me. But Christmas Day is still Christmas Day to them. They just celebrate on the 24th, mm. which, for me, 24th is going to the pub, getting absolutely fucking hammered, and then the next day, sort of like having a Christmas day, sort of having the best hangover of your life where you feel like absolute shit, but the food's so great and you carry on drinking anyway.
0: Yeah. So... Now you have a populace that believes a god is watching them all the time, which makes them behave in a way that suits your needs. And then you tell them that you're the only person who can converse with that god. Well, that about makes you a god on earth, right? That makes you now indisposable. Now, the people need you. Otherwise, how will they know what their god wants them to do? And history is full of people looking to exploit those seeking religious guidance. Some call them cults, but if they hang around long enough, they get to be called religions. And one of those people looking to exploit others is a man named Joseph Smith. So, without further ado, this is Mormons Part 1, Joseph Smith.
1: Wow, 11 minutes in, you've just fucking absolutely ruined anyone who has any religious beliefs <laughs> at all.
0: <laughs> yeah. We've
1: just lost a lot of listeners I there. You, you've come for religion a few times, but... Uh,
0: I know, I know.
1: That, that one was scripted. It was,
0: it was, I meant that one.
1: <laughs> there was forethought in that.
0: <laughs> Listen, we well. we've always said, and I do think it's important to make this clear as we go forward, what you want to believe is absolutely fine. If you, uh, you have every right to believe whatever you want, but having said that, I have every right to question it and have an opinion on that. Uh, and this is, it is my true. show, it is so I will say what I like.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I always think that like, if religion makes you a better person, than power to you. I was having a conversation with my housemate this morning, actually, before we get started. Really interesting. And we were talking about um, death, as you do, on, as you're making your breakfast and she said that she believes in reincarnation purely because it's the only way in her head that like she feels good about things and I was like you know what that's completely fair like I'm not even going to challenge you I'm not going to take that away from you like if that's how you want to deal with death power to you carry on I completely disagree I think we just turn into fucking nothing but I'm not going to just ruin someone's happiness over my beliefs
0: if you Yeah know what for I mean. sure I I I just I don't necessarily like it when people aren't open to having the discussion um Mm. there's i've had many 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 fantastic conversations with people of faith who are very very deep into their faith and they're totally fine with having me grill them over it because they believe it and they trust it and that's their thing but that's what makes you you but it's like if you cannot even have me question it that makes me think you don't fully you're not fully invested there are there is wiggle room here and you don't want me talking to you in case you start questioning things yourself
1: Yeah,
0: understandable. So, who is Joseph Smith? Well, he was born on December 23rd, 1805, in a town called Sharon in Vermont. Now, he was one of 11 children born to parents Lucy and Joseph Smith Sr. Now, his family were a typical rural family for the time. Joseph Sr. was a merchant and a farmer, and the family grew up in a rural setting. Smith Jr., was described by his mother as a quote "quiet and well-disposed child." When he was seven or eight, he contracted a type of typhoid that affected the bone in his leg. Now it would have put him in severe pain, but the cure wasn't any better. He received surgery on his leg that involved scraping and cutting away parts of his leg bones all without anesthetic. Now, it meant that he spent the next few years in crutches, building up the strength to walk again unaided. Now, that's quite a lot to go through under the age of 10 in an era where there is no anaesthetic and it's just some bellend going, I think we should just scrape it away. That would do it. It's not like, yeah, like mold on your tiles or something in your bathroom. Just, oh, just scrape <sighs> it away. Scrub it off. Mm. No good.
1: Yeah, seem to have been
0: developed in pain. Yeah. Now, around the age of 10, the family farms suffered from what was called the Year Without a Summer, a global event where temperatures dropped, causing many crops to fail. Now, because of this, they moved from Vermont to upstate New York in a town called Palmyra. Now, upstate New York was a hotbed of religious activity. The cities, well, not so much. You see, people were busy hustling and bustling, but the rural areas, well things moved a little slower there. People lived in smaller communities, communities that were more close-knit than those living in the city. Uh, Many small towns had their church and their town hall, and religion was just a big part of everyday life, with many people claiming to be a part of some Christian denomination, be that Catholic, Lutheran, Presbyterian, etc. But remember, America was partly founded on the idea of religious freedom the freedom to believe whatever you want and not be persecuted. And because of this freedom, many, many sects of mainstream religion began to pop up. Now, oftentimes there were wandering preachers and charlatans coming into town spouting their interpretation of Christianity. And it's said that one day Joseph Smith was witness to one of these preachers absolutely in awe at how they captivated their audience how they clung on every word spoke. But what it did leave him with was questions. Now, with so many people claiming that their religion was the true faith to follow, how does one make the right choice without making a mistake along the way and condemning your soul for all eternity? Well, his parents were no good. They supposedly had a difference of opinion when it came to religion. His mother said that every other religion says the other one is wrong, so which is right? And so she kind of just chose not to take any of them, really. Now, that didn't help. Although many followed standard Christianity, many observed what would be called um, folk magic, a mixture of old wives tales, stories that were heard from native peoples about mythical creatures and the like, and, you know, Christianity, all kind of mixed into one. And it seems that locals as well were Very, very superstitious at the time. Now, for Joseph Smith Jr., now a young teenager, likely around 14 or 16, he found the best answers came from nature. Oftentimes, he would be seen walking into the woods with his Bible in hand, explaining to his mother once that he could learn more in two hours with his Bible in the woods than he could in a church. And it was here where he had his first religious experience. Now, while in the woods praying, a beam of light appeared in front of Joseph and out of that beam came two beings. One introduced himself as God and pointed to the other and introduced him as Jesus. Personally, I like the idea that God introduced himself and Jesus like as if he was afraid that he wouldn't recognize him. I quite hi, like, like, just see yeah, I'm I'm God. All right. <laughs> He's Jesus. You might have
1: seen me in such works
0: as the Bible. <laughs> yeah. Have uh, ever heard of a thing called Genesis? Yeah, that was that was that was me. <laughs> not not the I bad. love the idea of them wearing name badges. Like, you know, like you know when you're doing icebreakers at work, you know the thing that everyone just hates doing, yeah. just Jesus and God written on
1: no, I'd loved it if he like he questioned them a little bit further. I'd be like, Jeez it doesn't ring a bell, Jesus <laughs>
0: I love that. What, what, what more have you done? You know, water into wine? No. 5,000 fish? No. no. Bread? No. Oh, are you uh, are you were uh, Mary's boy. Mary's boy. <laughs> Tell you what, that lake there, I'm going to walk across that lake. All right, go on then. <laughs> <laughs> now, it's not very often that God and Jesus have stood before you, right? So it's important that when they do, you ask the right questions. And Joseph supposedly asked, in my opinion, the best and dumbest question of all time. He simply asked, which of the religions is true? Which should I follow? Which makes sense, right? If anyone's going to know the answer to that, it would be God and Jesus, right? Yeah, you'd you'd think so, wouldn't you? Yeah, but also, that's like walking into McDonald's and asking which is better, McDonald's or Burger King, right? You're going to get a biased answer.
1: That that is also true. That is also true. If I saw Jesus and God, I'd be like, who spikes me and can you take me to the nearest hospital?
0: (laughs) (laughs) So Jesus's answer was a little bizarre. Instead of just going, um, Oh, it's mine. It's me, me and my dad's like, it's ours. No question. Right. Family business. Yeah. Instead of saying that definitively, which religion was the correct one? He said that none of them are the correct one. They're all, Abominations of the true religion, and then he kind of just fucked off. That was it. I, I guess, in a weird way, I'm not
1: putting like stock into this story at all. But that kind of does make sense because all religions generally derive from similar stories. Like Jesus exists in uh, Islam and such thing and they they do all kind of intertwine a little bit. So I guess if there was a an omnipotent power, he probably looks at how people have like perceived the 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 holy books and being like, what the fuck are
0: you doing? Yeah yeah fair, <laughs> yeah which one's right? You're like, well, you've kind of all got the wrong idea here,
1: <laughs> yeah, like you've all massively misinterpreted it,
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, um, so yeah, he didn't actually say which was the real one uh he he sort of just sort of skirted around the answer, sounding important without actually answering the question being asked, which makes me believe that Jesus would be an amazing politician nowadays, sort of like, oh, here's a question, well, you know. Uh, which one's the real religion? Uh they're all kind of, they're all kind of a bit shit, you know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> just disappears into a fridge. Whatever, bro. I'm easy. <laughs> yeah. Um, I- I'm going to go for whatever gets the most votes. <laughs> now, Joseph Smith, now armed with realistically half an answer, ran to a local minister and told him everything he had just experienced. And would you believe it? The minister didn't like being told by a 14-year-old boy that his whole way of life may have been a lie. So, of course, he didn't believe him and just sent him on his way. Now, bummed out, Joseph went back home. Uh, Now, it's interesting that we don't really have an account of him telling his parents about his first experience. The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, or LDS as I will be referring to it from now on, instead of saying that mouthful, uh, say on their own website that, quote, he told his mother he had seen a vision. He told her what he learned in his vision. That's it. No telling of what. Mm. No telling of what his mother said. Like, oh, don't be stupid. You've been playing them video games too much. She just doesn't <laughs> say anything, right? Like, I know when your parents take half an interest in your new video game, and they sort of go, "What you're playing?" And you're like, "Oh, it's about yeah." They yeah.
1: Definitely weren't listening.
0: No. They're like, "Oh, it's about this," and I've got to kill that giant guy, and they're like, "Okay." I'm going to go watch That's, that's
1: nice. <laughs> yeah. Good for you.
0: Yeah. Anyway, this vision seemed to have been an isolated incident. Instead, um, Joseph was focused on thinking what his future was going to look like. He didn't want to follow in the family business. He saw how hard his dad worked the farm just to make a small profit and knew that that really wasn't for him. Instead, he took to a new hobby that was becoming quite popular with Americans and was easy money treasure hunting or in reality grave robbing yeah many Americans took to digging up the burial grounds of native americans and robbing any trinkets they could find many didn't have a problem with this since the general consensus that was that uh, natives weren't christians so their burial grounds weren't consecrated and that they were then not of the same race so that that's fine isn't it baffling how people think
1: There's anything to justify your actions
0: though isn't it oh literally anything yeah but then i was thinking about this we've like raided the shit out of like egyptian tombs is that any Oh, well, this is the age old question, question not it
1: how many years does someone have to be buried before it's archaeology and not grave robbing that
0: is a very good point
1: yeah, it's I'm um, I've actually just submitted my proposal for my final project, and I'm doing it on colonial history and how we fucking nix everything from all over the world. So that's gonna be fascinating.
0: Oh, you're gonna are you gonna go to the British Museum? Yeah, hundred percent. I'm gonna fucking grill them. Excellent, excellent. Be like, right, yeah. I'm doing an inventory. I just want to check out where all this shit comes from. There's, there's there's a big thing at the minute. Um,
1: the Benin bronzes, and there's a on their website, it's literally like when we colonized Nigeria, we just fucking took these things yeah and nigeria at the minute are like can we have them back and the british museum's like no not really find us keepers
0: well they keep arguing that they won't look after them as mu- as well as we would and it's like oh, it's that doesn't mean anything that's like going to a bank and robbing all the money saying well i would spend it and look after it better than you would
1: i remember when i was i was really young i must be like seven or eight and fucking Tutankhamun and carmoon came to the o2 in london and my grandparents took me and at the time i was like this is the best thing ever this is the best egyptian like um museum i've ever seen this is so cool i've seen tutankhamun sarcophagus but now i get older i'm just like why the fuck was i in greenwich looking at tutankhamun <laughs> yeah good point like if i wanted i should go to, i should have i should have to go to cairo to see that yeah. he should not be coming to me let the bloke chill yeah
0: good point good point yeah i mean there's another argument yeah, um... it's uh, is the elgin marbles uh oh, which yeah, you'll yeah. find at the british museum and they are named yeah. the Elgin Marbles after the man who was named Elgin stole them from. Yeah. Uh, is it the what's the big one in Athens? The big ch- ch- uh, temple. The pan- it's not the Parthenon. Pathan- Pathan- is it, is it the Panthe- Parthenon, the parthenon yeah apparently they belong on top of the parthenon and the british museum and the british ex- uh, uh, excuse for that was always well no no no, but we took them at a time when greece was ran by the ottoman empire and there was war going on so we went to protect them and then greece is like yeah but there hasn't been a war in athens for quite some time could we please have them back and they're like maybe we could share them <laughs> it's like, no they're yeah, not yours
1: it's all just fucking nicked um But the project's going to be on why we hide from colonial history. like Why in schools and stuff are we only taught about the cool things like the world wars where we defeat fascism, but that we kind of skip over the areas where we enslave a quarter of the earth, commit mass genocide. Wow. That's sort of why I'm I'm, I'm going for it, Ryan. I'm taking on the country and I'm going to win.
0: You are going to be labelled as the most unpatriotic man in Britain. Ah, fuck him. You're going to to be like Edward Snowden. You're going to be living in an embassy in America soon.
1: Yeah, but like I also want to reach out to... I don't know if EDL still exists or Britain First, but I want to reach out to their members and just get their views because I think it'd be fucking hilarious. All right, interesting. I look forward to hearing about that. So so do I. I don't know what's going to happen yet. Anyway, carry on.
0: <laughs> now, Joseph Smith, in his treasure-robbing days... Treasure-robbing, treasure-hunting, grave-robbing... Might not mix it together. Smith claimed to have supernatural abilities to locate treasure from these burial grounds and even used a seer stone... A stone that supposedly helped in the locating of treasure. It's kind of like, it's no different than, you know, those bloody. Someone walks around with a twig, water divining, and they're like, oh, I can find water underground. And you're like, yeah, there's quite a lot yeah. of it.
1: <laughs> the thing that came to my mind is Jack Sparrow's compass. Yes,
0: it's kind of like that, yeah. And he'll go, oh, absolutely it, doesn't work. It shows but... me where, not doesn't show me north, it shows me where I want to go, and I want to go yeah. over there.
1: <laughs> and you just have to follow me blindly. Yeah.
0: Now, uh, Smith was even hired out by rich families at times to find treasure for them, like a really shit Indiana Jones. The thing is, his treasure hunting, quote, wasn't very impressive. You see, Native American burial grounds were fucking everywhere. You could not walk a mile without stumbling across one. So Joseph Smith yeah. was also known to be a bit of a liar. In 1826, age 21... Joseph was brought to court for, quote, glass looking. Now, glass looking is a term used at the time to describe those pretending to find treasure. I think it might have something to do with maybe hiding uh, way before, like treasure somewhere, and then finding it to give you credence. Um, I couldn't really find much out about it. In fact, we don't really know uh, for certain the outcome of the whole case, but that's not what's really important here. The takeaway is that Joseph Smith's reputation as an honest man already is put into question. He's been called a liar. And in fact, there is a theory that his lying goes back to his teenage years and even has its origins to the surgery on his leg. See, remember um, when I was talking about the fact that he had bone cut away from his leg? Well, Mm -hmm. That meant that he was bedbound for some time and then on crutches. uh, And it's theorized that for a child of the ages of seven or eight who is bedbound with, realistically, at that time, no TV, no PS5 and just boring old books, began to use Mm. a very creative imagination. And it makes me question the story about him meeting God when he turns 14 or 15. See, he tells one minister who doesn't believe him and throws him out. He tells his mum who gave about as much of a shit as I do when I'm asked if I want to see a picture of your new baby. And then there's (laughs) nothing. There's no follow up until he's 18, which we'll cover in a second. My point is, to me, it sounds like he's just filling in the blanks kind of like you know how um jk rowling just continues to add little tidbits of lore about harry potter on twitter you know yeah, you know yeah. when she's not telling the world what a woman is it, it, I, I it's <laughs> kind of like that right am i saying that joseph smith is a known liar who has a very active imagination and who you should be wary of possibly it does seem <laughs> like it. it sounds possible so back to the story it's 1823 Joseph is 17 or 18 years old and it's been a few years since God and Jesus came to visit him when he was 14 and Joseph is praying to God in his own, uh, on his own. His family had all gone to bed. Um, now I actually think this is a, an important part of the story when looking back at it. Um, now while he's praying a bright light fills the room and Joseph is visited by another ethereal spirit. An angel called Moroni, makes himself present, naked if it weren't for the thin robe that covered up his modesty. Now, Moroni came with a task from God himself. Not too far from Joseph's home, buried in the ground, was a book made of golden plates. Ooh. Ooh.
1: That sounds nice. It's sort of like the, the fine china
0: that your nun won't let you eat off. <laughs> when she dies, you get given it, and you're like, this really wasn't worth it.
1: No, it it turns out it's not worth anything like that. she said it was. She's got it from fucking, I don't know,
0: garden centre a few years back. Now, on these golden plates were the transcribed words of Jesus himself from nearly two millennia ago when he came to America and spoke with the native peoples there. This was what God wanted Joseph to find so that he could translate it himself and spread the word to every corner of the earth he was told not to worry about the translating either. Along with the golden plates, there would be two seeing stones named Urim and Thumin, which could be used to help him translate the words. Remember as well, James, remember, seer stones were used by Joseph to find treasure, which he was later accused of lying about. It's -hmm. like he hasn't really thought it through.
1: No. I mean, if... I know we're going to get there, but it's shocking the fact that he gathers a following around this absolute fucking nonsense. But
0: <laughs> Yeah, it's the fact, when we get into it, how he translates it all is, I think, some of the funniest stuff. Now, Joseph was also told that he was to never, under any circumstances, show these plates to anyone. Ever.
1: Uh, yes, yes. It's like that Family Guy sketch where Pete is in court and his witness is the ghost that never lies, but only he can see and hear him. <laughs>
0: not seen that that's
1: great it's really funny um
0: and then he left and then he came right back again and had another chat with him probably just you know reconfirming what he just said you know just being like no just in case sorry i know this is a bit new i know you've seen god and jesus but you know maybe i was a bit of a shock so just to reiterate this is your plan this is your job and then baroni left and then he came right back again. And they. Sp- Fucking him alone. <laughs> and they spoke till the wee hours of the morning. And then uh, he left.
1: Again? Yes. Finally.
0: finally. Now, Joseph had worked the next day with his father, who had also got into the grave robbing business. But Joseph was, you know, he was too tired. So his dad sent him home. But along the way, he tripped and fell. And then a Moroni appeared again and repeated everything he had said the night before Jesus i know and God. i can't i just i imagine that morona maybe is the one that tripped him up i just i really want that to be uh, the thing yeah, yeah, got yeah, you, yeah. bro. yeah now joseph explained to his dad about the angel and the plates and his dad was like again you know oh uh cool sounds like you've got stuff to do son off you go are you winning <laughs> <laughs> so Joseph went to the place on the hill round the back of his house, which is you know very convenient, and dug up, mm. and there they were, the gold plates, Urim and Thummim, and a breastplate of an ancient American. But before he could take them out, Moroni appeared again, and at this point, Moroni is becoming, I think, the most annoying character in any story I've ever heard.
1: Literally, <laughs> I'll just fucking leave me alone. <laughs>
0: Write me a letter of your to-do list and then just fuck off. (laughs) So, Moroni had said to Joseph that he may be tempted to sell these gold plates, but that he shouldn't. So, either testing him or something, he said that Joseph could not have the plates yet. He was to return to the spot on the same day for the next four years, and only then, after four years, could he retrieve the plates and, and don't show them to anyone. You can't show them to anyone, okay? Really wanted to hammer that point home. He is not allowed to show these plates to anyone. Uh, now, so the story goes, right? Joseph did that. Every year on the same day, he returned to the same spot to check up on the plates. Just sort of dug them up and then was like, ah, yes, there they are. I still can't have them yet. Duh. Put the ground back over it. Okay, Moroni, yep, grand now there this is interesting. There is a source that says that Joseph Smith had a wooden box made for him before he found the golden plates. Now, we don't know what this wooden box was for, but rather coincidentally, the plates he dug up were in a protective wooden box. right <laughs> just going to let that hang. For a just,
1: second. You know, when you're at school and like everyone's starting getting boyfriends and girlfriends, and you go up to that one lad who's not really good with the girls, and you say, Oh, have you had a girlfriend? He's like, Yeah, 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 I've kissed loads of girls. And you're like, Oh, yeah, where, where is she? It's like, She goes to another school. It's like, Does, oh, she, yeah. does she though? Like, or oh, are you just making yeah. this up? And I feel, yeah. I'm getting, these are the similar
0: vibes. He's like, I've got these plates,
1: oh, yeah. do you? Can I see them? No, 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 no. They go to another yeah. school.
0: <laughs> yeah, you, w- you wouldn't know her. You wouldn't know her. Oh, nah, no, I've got th- a friend that goes to that school. Oh. she sure on
1: Facebook. Nah, don't do social media. Fuck off.
0: <laughs> yeah. So what else is he doing in those four years, right? Well, exactly what he was doing before. He's still robbing graves and pretending to look for treasure for money from landowners looking to find something of value on their property. And one of the people he was working for was a man named Isaac Hale. Now, along with another dude, they were looking for a lost silver mine and staying at Isaac Hale's home, but what's really important here is Joseph meeting Isaac's daughter, Emma Hale, in 1826. Now, for whatever reason, Isaac Hale really did not like Joseph Smith. Either he saw through his treasure-hunting bollocks, or just really wasn't keen on someone who he thought was beneath his daughter courting his daughter. But his daughter, Emma Well, she really did like him, and quite a lot. They hit it off straight away, and I'll be honest with you, I can see why. So Joseph seems to be a very charismatic man who has the gift of gab, and he woos her. In fact, he actually asks her dad for her hand in marriage, and he's like, absolutely not, no. (laughs) But that did not stop Joseph. He and Emma snuck off one night back to Joseph's parents, where they engaged, and by January of 1827... Were married, So, on Joseph's last visit to the plates, when he would be allowed to take them along with the seer stones, Urim and Thummim, and the ancient breastplate, he took his new wife, Emma, with him for the last time. He dug them up, as always, managing to conceal them from his wife's gaze. They took them to their home, but word got out about Joseph having these gold plates in his home. Other treasure hunters who had worked with him thought that he might have been skimping out on them. So they tried to raid his home and find them, but Joseph and Emma decided to leave Palmyra and settled in a place called Harmony, which is now Oakland in Pennsylvania. Now safe, Joseph could work on the next part of his divine mission, translating the plates. (laughs) And that, my friends, is where we will pick back up on the next episode
1: i look forward to hearing the translation of plates how does one translate a plate
0: well you'll find out next week right okay yeah yeah maybe next week uh i actually have to finish part two (laughs) (laughs) maybe next week maybe maybe a couple who knows it might be next week uh it It, may be probably realistically it'll be the week after so in two weeks time nice
1: i might write for the episode in between who knows it's it's summer i'm having a hot girl summer
0: Okay, oh, summer. <laughs> no. So yeah, um, that's part one of the moments. So I realise actually this is uh, a wee bit shorter than I normally do. No, it's um, not. I but think, this
1: um, is good little bite-sized ones keeps people interest.
0: Yeah. It's... So obviously it's a really big topic and it is broken down into what will be a three-parter. So it's actually when you think about it, it's actually quite long.
1: <laughs> it's it's yeah. To be fair, it is it, it, it's, it's fascinating. Um, I don't want to call him a liar just yet, but it seems to be what we're 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 hinting at
0: yeah yeah oh,
1: but to be, this is completely random but there's been a lot of mormons around my area lately and you, you can tell them from a mile away can't you because they all fucking dress the same they've got the name badges they're just the happiest people on earth and they're lovely people like i have no beef with like the mormons that knock on my door at all i think they're mm. really lovely in fact my um granddad like he he finds them fascinating and he really enjoys talking to them whenever they knock on his door he gets all their brochures and then whenever he gets Jehovah's Witnesses knocking on their door, he'll then get the Mormon leaflets and preach Mormonism to them. <laughs> that's great. It's just a little funny little standoff because Jehovah's Witnesses are a lot more pushy. Mormons, if you say no, they'll be like, that's absolutely fine.
0: So that, to be fair, that is the one thing. And it's something, listen, like I said before, um, if that's what you want to believe, then like, you know, I've, I've no ill will toward anyone who wants to believe what they want to believe, Um and that's the one thing that I have found with uh, a lot of Mormons is that, although apparently Mormons is not the correct way to refer to them, uh, it's, um, oh, I forgot what it was. am <laughs> sorry, guys. Uh, but yeah, I think uh, I think that that's kind of their shtick is that they are uber friendly, and that's mm. kind of what might get you involved with it because um... they're really friendly and nice, and you go, oh, well, these nice guys, I'll hang out with them again
1: yeah funny enough yesterday i watched an episode of a documentary on netflix i need to carry on it's about like a, a a branch of mormonism in america where it's sort of like you know they live in their own little society no one else gets involved and one of the guys i completely forgot his fucking name declared himself like the prophet and he gets to decide who marries who and he had like 23 wives that's the part that's really fucked up
0: yeah there, because
1: 86 is... year old man touching up fucking children but
0: yeah there are a few you know like ev- like every religion there are uh breakaway sects of those and even with Mormonism there is fundamentalist Mormonisms as well. Uh Mormons, yeah, yeah, sorry, yeah. there are fundamentalists out there and there's loads of different types. But um yeah. Well I hope everyone else I hope that has been uh, uh an interesting or uh, what's the word like a, a good appetizer for the rest of this series on Mormons. You're bloody welcome because this has been <laughs> a pain in the ass. <laughs> um so yeah Let's uh, let let's carry on as we mean to go on. And whatnot, uh, part two will be coming soon. Um, anything you'd like to add, James?
1: No, not really. I just hope everyone's having a nice day.
0: Yeah, yeah. Hope you're having a good time. Um, yeah. If you'd like to get in contact with us, we've uh, recently had. Um, oh my Christ! Let me try and find her name because uh, I really would like to give her a quick shout. out. I think she. I think it was it, it.
1: Frida because I remember looking at your message back and you called her Friday and I found it really funny.
0: Oh my God, I do apologize. It would have been, that yeah. would have been spell check. Uh, yeah, uh, Frida, I that really amusing. Hi, Frida, if you are listening. Uh, she messaged us recently and was like, I recently discovered your podcast and I've like listened to every single one in like two weeks straight. And was like, wow, <laughs> that is impressive. That's <laughs> so.
1: really impressive because listening to fucking hell, we are not the easiest of people to listen to
0: yeah yeah no we can really not be uh so yeah thank you very much hi frida uh, welcome um so yeah if you guys would like us to be shown off to more people be like you know what i know someone else that would quite like these show us off make sure you rate and review us on all of the platforms with spotify give us a little five star uh if you listen to us on apple podcast leave us a little review because that massively helps um and yeah just you know tell everyone about us and uh, listen to all the episodes if you haven't listened to them all give them a listen uh, some, some of them, them are, are actually really good some of them are really good and then i was listening to like episode one about dashrath manji and was like oh actually that's really bad
1: <laughs> i've never gone back and re-listened i might do that later i might yeah. I might treat myself
0: yeah so yeah um and if you as well you'd like to support the show of course um you can do so we do have a kobe page we can donate to the show if you'd like to give us a wee bit of money uh and if not if you'd like some more uh bang for your buck head over to the store uh where you can pick up some uh really quite good quality t-shirts hoodies and um yeah if you've things. got on any of our
1: social medias the link trees there with everything like kofi page and uh, yes. merch and stuff the merch is actually really good our hoodie and it's not just because it's our hoodie it's actually my favorite hoodie i fucking love it it's so comfortable and it looks good um my housemate i fo- kind of forced her into buying one
0: as well so excellent no yeah. uh, right so yes thank you very much for listening guys and we will speak to you next time enjoy yourselves